is Tiffany Ampene and today we'll be doing part two of consideration. Let's go straight into sufficiency of consideration. Now, what is very important to note is that consideration does not need to be adequate, but it needs to be sufficient. What does this mean? This means that when the courts are dealing with a matter or they are looking into a case or contract case, they are not concerned with the value of the promise or the thing given in exchange for whatever other thing, okay? They are not concerned with that, the value of the things. They will not concern themselves with that. So it doesn't have to be adequate. They believe that parties to a contract are the best judges of the adequacy of their um, exchange or what they are giving in consideration. However, however, it needs to be sufficient. And when we say sufficient, what it means is that there are some peculiar cases or some peculiar instances where something does not qualify as consideration in the first place. So it's not even about the value being attached to it. It's about the fact that the instances surrounding the circumstance or the, the supposed consideration do, do not allow for that thing to be in essence consideration in the first place. And so the courts will say, if it's not sufficient consideration, then it's not good enough consideration. So they are not looking at the value of the thing. They don't know. They don't care if it is a city for a piece of land, or if it is um, hundred thousand Ghana cities for a, a, a cup of corn. But what they're saying is because they believe that once there was no duress, or it was not done under fraudulent conditions then the parties know what they are getting themselves into and so they will not concern themselves with the value of consideration or the adequacy of consideration but they will concern themselves with the instances where that particular thing cannot in essence be regarded as consideration so it doesn't have to be adequate but it has to be sufficient and so there are a few things to note under the sufficiency of consideration the first thing is um section 8 section 8 1 of our contract act at 25 now the thing about our law i think i've mentioned is that contract law is is mainly common law however when the contract act says something contrary to the provisions in common law what's the precedent in common law we set aside the common law and go with the contract act so at common law i promise to keep an offer an offer open for acceptance for a specified period of time is not binding on the promise unless it's supported by consideration so the case you should look at is rutilege and grant so what they're saying is you don't need once there is it's supported by consideration then i'll keep my offer open but section 81 of the contract act act 25 says a promise to keep an 
offer of them for acceptance for a specified period of time shall not be invalid as a contract by reason only of the absence of any consideration thereof. So what our contract act is saying is once you say you are keeping an offer open, you must keep the offer open even if it is not supported by consideration. Then you ask yourself, what if in the course of that contract or in the course of the offer and the acceptance, um, there was some sort of counter-offer or there was a rejection of the offer. And what we learned in offer and acceptance is that when there is a counter-offer, not an inquiry, but a counter-offer, then that negates or that repudiates the contract. It no longer is a standing contract. And so in that regard, you don't have, you're, you're not bound to keep the offer open. But in the cases where there's an inquiry being made, you you have to keep the offer open even if there is no consideration. There are other things we have to note about the sufficiency of consideration. Those are part payment of debt and then pre-existing legal duty. And pre-existing legal duty can be broken down into three parts. Pre-existing, um, so I'll, I'll, go, I'll get there. Okay, then we'll look at the three different parts. But the first thing we have to look at is the part payment of debt. And so we have some common law provisions. I'll not go too much into that. Because whenever you're stating your law for the contract and problem question, the most important provision you have to make is what is from the contract contract act. Because the common law is not binding on us an opposing provision in the contract act like i said earlier so you should just read this case the penals and penals case and it will give you an understanding of the common law position and where the common law came from but we're saying that it has been modified under the contract act so what we're saying is that when it comes to part payment of debt a promise to waive the part payment of a debt or part of a debt is invalid when there's an absence of any consideration thereof. That's for Pino's case. Okay, so in that case, what will happen was that he said that, well, if you are doing a part payment of what you were initially supposed to pay, then your the party that the party contracting with you does not enjoy a benefit but rather a detriment okay so in penal's case you're saying that if you wanted um, the promise to waive part payment of a debt is not sufficient consideration unless there is a fresh consideration flowing from the promisee or the promise so sorry the promise so so if you are giving something fresh in exchange for that promise to waive the debt. Then we'll say that fine, that's sufficient consideration. But if you are not giving fresh consideration, then if I have even promised to waive the debt or the waive the part the part payment, waive forgo the debt or take part payment, I can come back and, and take the rest. I can see you for the rest. Once there's no fresh consideration flowing. But in folks and the was it folks in there? There was another case, and you can look into that. And in that case, what happened was the 
right so it's not fox and beer it's still with the panels case when it came to the details of it so they were saying that the common law position was if you waive a date you can still a part payment on it you can still come back if there's no fresh configuration flowing from there from the soil but the thing is this now if flowing from the promisee now if there is a change in date or some there, there are different developments surrounding the contract all right so if the contract has a few differences for example you're supposed to pay the debt on the 1st of October and then you have an agreement with the person and say oh please can we forego the thing and I'll pay on the 20th of September there has been a shift in date so the contract has changed in nature alright so if there are few shifts then we can say okay the waiving of the part payment of the debt is sufficient consideration but in the absence of that it's not I spent quite a bit of time explaining the common opposition the common opposition is saying that the promise to waive edit is not sufficient consideration unless there is fresh consideration flowing from the, the promise the one who is supposed to make give consideration the one who is supposed to make payment the person supposed to pay the debt the contract act position is a promise to waive the payment of the debt or part of the debt shall not be invalid as a contract by reason only of the absence of consideration thereof okay so what they're saying is that part payment may constitute sufficient consideration for a promise to forego the entire debt so if you tell the person that oh i'm going to waive or you know you can do a part payment of the debt you cannot go back and sue for the rest after promising to accept part payment that promise to accept part payment and then that person's part payment now becomes your new contract so we move on to pre-existing legal obligations now it's very important to note that the position of the common law and then the position of the contract acts are different except in one situation now when we talk about legal duty legal duty it could either be a public duty imposed on a person under the the general law it could be a pre-existing contractual duty owed by the promissor to the promisee under an existing contract between them in which case it would be an enforceable it would be enforceable by the contracting party it could also be a pre-existing contractual duty owed to a third party under an existing contract so for example you are contracting with party party a is contracting with party b and party b has already made a promise to party a to perform a certain duty or to provide certain consideration now party a now goes to party c and says to party c that's the third party that if you do so party a tells party b contracted party b to do a particular thing let's say that thing is y now party b has agreed to do y then party b goes to contract with party d 
says he will perform Y. But he's already bound to perform Y in party A. But he has gone to party D to see how they They're saying that in return for a, a, a promise from party D, they're saying that as common law party B's promise to party D, which is already a pre-existing contractual duty owed to a third party, will be party A, a sufficient consideration for this does not constitute sufficient consideration. Under the common law, if you already have the duty to perform that particular act and you want to use that as consideration, so let me give you an instance. You already have a public duty to, let's say, guard this um, church or this building and then you tell the, the owners or whoever that if you want me to guard this place then give me 10 cities unfortunately you already have a duty to do that so that thing you are asking for that 10 cities you are asking for is invalid because there is already a duty to protect and so we have a case Collins and Godfrey where he was bound by law to attend court and give evidence on behalf of the defendant the defendant then promised him a certain amount of money, but he was already bound to appear in court and give testimony. So, even if the defendant, the defendant in the end did not pay, right? So, he wanted to take to, to sue the defendant, and the court held, Unfortunately, you can't sue him because you already were under that um, duty, that legal duty to perform. Okay, so it's not sufficient consideration. That promise is not sufficient consideration. Okay, now there's another case. There are about two other cases which you should look at under that. Okay, the reason I'm not going to dwell too much on the common law is that what really matters is the contract act because it switches the position. 
definition here. Now, what they're saying is that under the Contract Act, the performance, which is in Section 9 of Acts 25, it says that the performance of an act or the promise of an act may be sufficient consideration for another promise, notwithstanding that the promise of that act may already be enjoined by some legal duty, whether enforceable by the other party or not. So what they're saying under the Contract Act, Section 9, is that when it comes to public duty, it could be sufficient with consideration. But there's a certain twist to it. When it comes to these kinds of things, for public policy reasons, it is not sufficient consideration. So if you look at it, I think some way, somehow, it is same provision as the, con- uh, the common law, but please don't ever see that. <laughs> because what the Contracts Act is saying is that it can constitute sufficient consideration, but then we have a caveat which is saying that for public policy reasons, you cannot use your public office to enrich yourself, and so it will not be sufficient consideration for public policy reasons in the instances where it looks like it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, some forum or some medium of self-enrichment using you know your public position the duty you owe there's a case Kessie and Sharma and it's about an ambassador using his position but, but the law was saying this sufficient consideration, however, for public policy reasons, it did not hold as sufficient consideration. Right. Then we look at pre-existing contractual duties owed to the promisee. Owed to the promisee. So at common law, where the consideration consists of the performance or a promise to perform a contractual obligation which is already owed to the other party, it is not sufficient consideration. So there is a case, still can my reckon a voyage from London to Baltic, two seamen deserted the ship. Now the captain was unable to replace them, and so he promised the rest of the crew that if they would work the vessel home, the wages of the two that had deserted them would now be divided amongst them. And they said, when, you know, I, the, the man did not make due of his promise. He did not come through for them and they sued. Now, what the thing, what well, the court held was that agreement, the agreement was void for want of consideration because they were already bound to act. They were already bound perform that duty however it changes the common law evolves okay hardly and possibly and williams and Murphy brothers and nicole's contractors limited we see the common law take a different turn saying that where the duties are slightly changed where i was meant to for example move the ship um I, i was already contracted to do that but something happened and I think one of the cases there was a frustrating event and frustration of a contract means that that contract has been created just no longer does no that it no longer exists 
hence a new contract can be formed and in one of these cases either Hadley and Possumbi or William and Rofi Brothers one of them we see this happen the circumstances under which they contracted in the first place were changed drastically in such a way that they had to become to be there had to be fresh consideration flowing and so in that case it was um not it was sufficient consideration for them to start afresh right but it just has some some it has a caveat but naturally under the common law it is not sufficient consideration when you already owe a duty to the contracting the other contracting party and section 9 comes to tell us that the performance of an act or the promise to perform an act may be sufficient consideration for another promise notwithstanding that the performance of the act may already be enjoined by some legal duty whether enforced by the other party or not so the performance of this act can constitute sufficient consideration all right so the common law actually these are some of the some of the modifications but it is very 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 strict the person says you know what even if this person is supposed to um, perform this act already a promise to perform you know that act is sufficient consideration is sufficient consideration then we move on to the third part which is pre-existing contractual obligation owed to a third party that granted that illustration of party A party B and party D now party A contracting party B supposed to perform a certain act and says that okay i'm going to do that he owes this act or this performance to party a party d now he enters a contract with party d and says oh i'm going to do that thing that i'm supposed to do for party a of course he does not mention he's doing it for party a already so i'm already going to do that thing i'll do that thing and then we have a promise for you to you know we have an exchange as well and then we're saying that when it comes to that kind of agreement, it's a sufficient consideration. The common law and the contracts act are one in this particular um, instance. So when it comes to um, a public duty, the common law and then a contracts act are not on the same tangent or wavelength when it comes to contractual duties owed to or duties owed to a contracting party they are not on the same tangent but when it comes to the duty owed to a third party they are on the same tangent so you can also use the common law cases to support that particular one we have this case Shadwell and Shadwell the nephew was already engaged to marry a girl his uncle promised to pay his nephew some money yearly if he went ahead to marry her. The court held that it was enforceable since that contractual duty was owed not to the promissor himself but to a third party. So in this case, the girl is the third party. This is the promise he was already going to fulfill with her. When the uncle comes and says, ah, if you do this, I'll give you that. I'm already doing it anyway, I'm not going to tell you. So you, if you want to give me the money, fine. So you give it to me. And the court held that that's sufficient consideration because the duty was owed to a third party. And so you also confer the benefit 
so that you said you would I promise okay so that brings us to the end of consideration but there are a few things to note when it comes to consideration the memorandum um, that comes along with the contract act is very very important you should read it and there you see a lot of illustrations that will talk to the whole topic of consideration okay so one thing you should notice that a contract will not be enforced at all in view of the fact that so the memorandum will go ahead to support some of these um, caveats so the one that we have about public policy you see some illustrations that will talk about it so if you owe a public duty but for reasons of public policy it will not be sufficient consideration just by some of the things that we used to um reduce or yeah to curb corruption in public life and so it's very important that that in that illustration is looked at so you should go and look at the memorandum that comes with um, acts 25 and you'll see a whole lot broken down into everyday language it's easy to understand um so something you must know is that the general rule of common law says that consideration must move from the promisee the person in whose favor a promise is made is the only one who can enforce such a promise if he has provided consideration for it so he cannot sue on a promise if the consideration for the promise was provided by a third party so for example if the consideration was not brought by me i cannot sue because the consideration did not move from me although that was a consideration that we used for the contract i cannot sue because it was really removed from me so it's very important that consideration must move this is what the common law says and twiddle and atkinson is a case to support that but section 10 at 25 says no promise shall be invalid as a contract by reason only that the consideration for it was supplied by someone else other than the promise e so section 10 goes ahead to debunk the common law goes ahead to have a contrary position to the common law so guess what we'll go with section 10 this brings us to the end the very end of consideration i hope this was super super helpful and please don't forget to add the reading to this audio read 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 the cases read the law and enjoy have a lovely lovely day and be blessed